Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Michael, we started making some predictions about EPL on last week's pod. Last week, we picked um, Brighton over Burnley. No, no draw. West Ham over Fulham. We did. Hit that one. We picked Tottenham over West Brom. Again, down to the wire. It's making it interesting. And then Wolves over Leicester City. That one didn't go right. Three goals total over the four games that we picked. It's true that we... So you texted me that you thought it was a low-scoring weekend, and I think we just picked really low-scoring games. Because <laughs> there, there were two games with four goals, two games with okay. three goals. Okay. I guess there weren't as many 0-0 draws this week. That's right. So we we went 50%, which was fine, although... You know, one of our one of our choices was the favored, the strongly favored one. So the the one that I'm proudest of, I would say, is the the West Ham victory. The one that I'm least proud of is the nil nil draw. Yeah, because we were that's the one that we're we're waffling on, and I think that um, we the other one that we had sort of circled as a possibility was Arsenal over Austin Villa. Well, good thing we did not pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we said. No more Aston Villa. We we, we wised up, and this week they're making it easy on us by playing Brighton, so I would stay away from that game at all costs. Yeah. Feels like some fairly fairly straightforward ones. Arsenal over Leeds. Yes. Okay. That feels like that feels like a good one. I don't know how Crystal Palace managed to hang four on Leeds, but I would love to pick Burnley over Crystal Palace for fun. Burnley hasn't won as still as yet to win, right? Mm, yeah, Burnley has not won. Burnley has two Wait draws. To, yet to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Scratch Burnley. Um, should we go back to the Wolves? Should we go back to the... We're going back to the Wolves. All right, back to the Wolves. Okay, so we got two. So we're feeling good about Arsenal. We're feeling good about the Wolves. I think it's Man U. That one's the like the most obvious one of the whole weekend. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. You want to do that Everton over Fulham? <laughs> no, that is a stay away. That is a stay away. This is, this is Fulham's chance. And the other, the other one is like the Sheffield versus West Ham where you're like, no, no. <laughs> but the Hammers? You really want to. Let's do, let's do it. That's insane. All right, fine. I mean. Right on. I mentioned almost right after we finished recording last week, how did I forget to mention His Dark Materials? Season two is coming back. Luckily, you were so ahead of the game because assuming we're going to be our American selves it doesn't appear until next Monday night. There we go. But we should be ready. Only seven episodes bums me out. I think these like like seven episode series are really I don't I don't like it. Like give me ten. It is very English, the like fewer than ten episodes. Specifically anything in the range of like two to eight. I am curious to see what the um viewership is gonna be this year. Uh, it was low. I mean, I think that you think it's going to be low. I think it's going to be low in the U.S. I think low in the U.S. Yeah, because it's pretty high in the U.K. 
it's a show that's airing on BBC in the UK. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if you if you can't succeed there, like you're kind of kind of stuck. Diminishing returns last year. And I and my I think my thought is like nobody who didn't watch it in the US was like I should pick this up later and watch it. So I think that the, I, think, I so. think that the diminishing returns are going to continue. All right, this week deep dives for sinker ballers or two seamers that we mentioned last week we were going to take a look at them see what we thought about them uh turned up some interesting things in my mind so i'm curious what uh what you came to from this first things first though i learned that baseball baseball savants dashboard does not differentiate between fastballs so when you pull these up when you pull these guys up and the top line tells you what their pitch distribution was. Sinker no, it just is fastball. Just goes under fastballs. I find yeah, that yeah. really frustrating. Yeah, especially since that's what we're trying to. That's exactly what we're trying to do. It says it down below. Stackhouse pitch arsenal. Yeah, I think, but I think it's like, I think it's just. I just think it's sloppy framing. I mean, you can see, yeah. like, if nothing else. Immediately upon looking at the Statcast pitch arsenal, like which shows you the heat map of where they crossed the plate, you can immediately see like, oh, this is a different pitch. What, what do you mean? Like it's not a four seamer. Oh yeah. Like, don't like yes. don't lump a sinker and a four seamer together. <laughs> yeah, and also there's a little bit of uh, why is there a sinker that far above the strike zone? I don't think that's a sinker. I I have. I have many thoughts on that also, but that's fine. Whatever. I, th- I think that's going to come back eventually to the, the like, why are some of these pitches way outside the 90% ellipse on the PCA pitch fingerprint? <laughs> like, oh, a sinker that didn't sink? That is not a sinker? Okay. Uh, all right. I would like to... I would like to... <laughs> a sinker that didn't sink? That's not a sinker. Exactly. I would like to talk in age order, which I also think... I'm going to advance an argument, which is that this is least relevant to most relevant for our fantasy purposes. So the four guys we have, Jake Arrieta, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Mike Soroka. Yeah, I I think that's definitely least relevant to most relevant. Well, I mean, Zach Davies could probably go first in that least relevant. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, well, let's talk about that. Okay, so questions that I thought we should answer about each guy, and I'm curious if you have any other ones. First question is, do we like the guy? And the corollary to that is, is he improving or is he getting worse? And then the second one is how, because we're thinking about sinkers and two-seamers, how important is the sinker to this guy's arsenal? All right, let's look at Jake Arrieta. And I guess my my special question for Jake Arrieta would be, what was the year that he stopped mattering? Best year is 2015. I always think that his first year um, with the Cubs was that 2015 year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that... <sighs> gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. was kicking around as recently as 2017. And after that, it kind of kind of ended, right? When he... I mean, he signed that, that deal with Philadelphia. And it was, it was it. Yep, he got that deal. Good job, my man. And as, as recently as, as this year, he is he's really, really leaning on that 
um, on that sinker. He's been leaning on that sinker actually for a long time. He's kind of a sinker slider pitcher. That is, that does seem to be his. So I guess the thing, okay, so the the overarching question that I'm looking at getting to by ans- answering this question of how important is the sinker to this is that the thing that we kind of teased last week, which is like, is there a good sinker pitcher? <laughs> like, like should we should we be worried from a fantasy perspective about sinker pitchers? And I guess Jake Arrieta helps say like, okay, no, in, in 2016, you know, he's basically throwing sinkers as his main pitch and he's effective. So that's good. I was hoping to look at 2017 and see whether or not that was, whether there's anything that we can take from that year that, you know, and say like, okay, well, if let's just take 2017 Jake Arrieta and put him into this year. Would it would that look more interesting? But it doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's there's much. If you look at look at him from that year, either. I I don't think so. I think. I mean, I think the I think the move to Philly didn't help. No. So you know the the location is pretty pretty important, <laughs> apparently. Uh. Although I guess it's I guess it's age. It's not it's not it's just all age. Age. He was in the MLB for a long a long time before he got that second resurgence. Not a long time, but he was he had a beginning of his career. There's a middle of his career, and now there's an end of his career. I think is what we're seeing. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move to Kyle Kyle <laughs> Hendricks here. Kyle Hendricks. Okay. Well. This is where I would this this is the age order, and this is really where I would let you kind of needle me a little bit about most to least relevant because I think there's a I I I'm kind of analyzing Zach Davies and Kyle Hendricks against each other a little bit because mm-hmm. Kyle Hendricks actually has pretty good like pretty good numbers in the past couple of years. Well, see, here's the big difference between him and Jake Arrieta was that his sinker is 34 percent of his pitch arsenal. Versus Jake Arrieta, where it was, it was well, far more. Jake Arrieta doesn't have a four seamer, and he do, and Jake Arrieta doesn't have a four seamer, and his curveball is done, right? Yes. that was his big thing. Was he switched the curveball and the two seamer, curveball, two seamer, and slider, and he had a good. That's that's a lot of movement. If you have a pitcher that's coming in and has a two, <laughs> well, has a sinker, has a um, a curveball and a slider. That's balls moving every which way across the plate, right? Right. If you all, if if you can have a four seamer with that, something that goes straight down the middle isn't moving. Then I mean, you're moving the eye of the uh, of the batter, which is, I guess, what Kyle Hendricks's theory is here. Right. If you, I mean, one of the things that's nice about the Statcast dashboard is that. They they do show you immediately where they're all across the plate. You can see his different pitches are really satisfying different needs in terms of that movement. Yeah, except for his sinker is all over. Well, I think I mean it, it seems like his sinker is still his primary pitch. Yeah, I mean that's the pitch that what you're gonna that you're gonna see more frequently, which is interesting. So does that? I mean, I guess Kyle Hendricks is a well, you can see it in his strikeouts. He's obviously a pitch to contact guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's obviously, he's obviously, I mean, he's, Kyle Hendricks is never going to be the elite strikeout guy that you want. His average fastball mile per hour is 87. 
Kyle Hendricks so, is yeah, like he's gonna have to be pinched con by the proto Zach Greinke. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like next year, like add another pitch and you'll be, you know, you'll be well on your way. <laughs> well, he just started his career at that point. Zach Greinke used to have speed. At 30, Zach Greinke still had some speed on his That is ball. true. We we don't, we, we're not seeing that here. Um, but Kyle Hendricks was a, a, I mean, a workhorse during the 2020 season. And by the, by the numbers, he pushed one of his better seasons, 288 ERA and a 1.0 whip. Across 81 mm-hmm. innings? I mean, that's like a reasonable number of innings <laughs> for this season. Yeah. But then he only has 64 strikeouts. I think it's just dangerous as the league is progressing in this way to be a pitch-to-contact player. Okay. Because more, more hitters can turn contact into home runs. So we're getting to what I think is actually an interesting thesis question about sinkers, which is like, can you trust a a pitcher who's a sinker baller? (laughs) But this is the thing is that his barrel percent is 81 uh, in the percentile rankings, which is good, right? I mean, I I assume StatCast is doing these, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's good. His whiffs, whiff percentage is low. His K percentage is low, but his barrel percentage is really low. That's what a pitch-to-contact pitcher would yep. need to be. I, yeah, I mean, this is... But for fantasy, the, the problem is we're, we're going at this for fantasy. What does that mean? That means it's just like a little bit unlucky, which I guess if we look at his ex- batting average, he's a little bit lucky. Yeah. So... If the defense isn't as good behind him, if he gets a little unlucky, this goes from being a nice fantasy asset to being someone who's unownable. And I think I think you're seeing that trade-off actually when you look at Zach Davies, right? Zach Davies, like I think now after really talking through Kyle Hendricks and you look at Zach Davies and I think, oh, actually this is just like a strictly worse Kyle Hendricks. Like still pitching, still mostly pitching to contact. Like a lot of, no, not a lot of whiffs. Like fairly low velocity, but his hard hit percentage is higher. His barrel percentage is bad. Well, his barrel percentage is bad. I mean, that's wow, fourteenth percentile. So pitchers are squaring that that ball up. And if you look, I mean, for him, the the uh, the sinker like. Again, he doesn't have a four-seamer, so this he's got a cutter, but the sinker is like, he's throwing sinkers and change-ups. That's, wow. that's a pitch-to-contact mixture if I ever saw one. <laughs> that doesn't, I mean, the, I just, I still feel like the change-up is most effective if it's matched with a four-seam fastball. <laughs> right, because because the worst part about, the worst part about Davies is that his fastball velocity is like 88 miles an hour. Yeah, so it's no, it's it's no better than. It's one mile per hour better than Cal Hendricks. That's actually sort of amazing looking at the two of them side by side. I know, I know. I was thinking that with the two of them as a as a pair. Is that it's not the just the difference between the defenses? I don't think so. I mean, Davies Davies is benefiting from. You'd think that Davies is benefiting from being in San Diego, like. You'd think that Davies would be a better pitched contact because balls are going to stay in that park. 
as opposed to... Well, he hasn't been there for a while. I mean, just he this was year. in Milwaukee. Right, just this year. But so, I mean, but the I do want to think about, like, one the key question for me is, like, going forward, do we are we more likely or less likely to own these guys now that we've done a deep dive on their pitch arsenals and, like, what's happening with their individual pitches? Look at this. His exit velocity is 64 to Kyle Hendricks, 87. His barrel percentage is 14 to Kyle Hendricks, 81. Right. Kyle Hendricks is is doing what Zach Davies wants to do. They're both, their fastball velocity. (laughs) Kyle Hendricks is third percentile. (laughs) Yeah, they're really, I actually, I worried. I I did a, we'll talk about this in a, maybe for a minute later, but I I was really worried that like sinker guys just can't throw fast. (laughs) But but there actually have been fast sinkers this year. I did look. <laughs> oh, okay. But the curveball, I mean, that might be part of it. Like Kyle Hendricks has a – he is 83, 83rd percentile on his curve. His curve – I guess it keeps him honest because that's whiff percentage of 30%. Well, Kyle, Hend- to... Kyle Hendricks has a nice curve, and Zach Davies doesn't – I mean, barely has a curve. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just that it's obvious now after looking at this that Kyle Hendricks' pitch arsenal with a four-seam fastball and an effective curve is just a better arsenal than Zach Davies' sinker, changeup, and occasional cutter and really occasional curve mixture. Yeah, so is that the, that's the difference is that there's... I mean, you got to be... So he's kind of the kitchen sinker. <laughs> <laughs> See um, what you did there. He's got... So Kyle Hendricks has four pitches that he uses, I mean, 34 down to 16%. And Zach Davies is using sinker change, sinker change, sinker change, cutter, sinker change, sinker change, sinker change, sinker change, cutter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I think there is something to be said here for looking at that arsenal. And then that's, I think now is a good time again to turn to Turn to Mike Soroka, who I was hoping to prove in a, the midst of all of this is going to be an effective pitcher, <laughs> who has who kind of blends everything, right? So he's got he has a four seamer, he has a sinker, and he's got a slider that apparently can't get in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got a changeup. Oh boy! But he also he yeah. also doesn't throw hard. How does he get it there? I have no idea. Why is he throwing? It's a fabulous question. He's... He is throwing it at right-handers' knees. <laughs> I mean, so, so Rogue. Oh no, 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 no! Oh, so they're okay. gonna out, way they outside, the, low have, and outside to the right-handers. I'm sorry, they have the plate. No, they he's throwing it left-handers' knees. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, I wonder if he's even throwing it to left-handers. But yeah, so I, Soroka, I think a little bit of Borat. You're never gonna get this. You're never gonna get this. <laughs> Soroka, I pegged as the most interesting. I think because he's young and he's got he has sort of this interesting arsenal. I still I still maintain and I'm I'm willing to be convinced that Soroka is the the most interesting of the four going forward, although maybe next year Kyle Hendricks might be the the best of the four. I don't want to draft Kyle Hendricks though because it, Kyle Hendricks has had that year Let's see, which year is it that I'm thinking of? Well, okay. I like 
that Mike Soroka has a little bit of upside. Fair. And I think Kyle Hendricks is a guy that you, he screams to me, that guy when you're trying to get, do like a two for two trade, where it's like you're trying to get the best guy and the least worst guy. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, okay. Yeah, no, we'll we'll add Hendricks in there for, you know, because he's just, you know, by the point that you're trading, you know who he is. But, you do, I mean, do you want him to be your number two pitcher? No. Because you kind of have to draft him as your number th- three. two or three. I, you don't want to draft him as your number two because it, strikeouts are so valuable and Hendricks is not going to get you those. Soroka. Well, Soroka had a weird year because he spent almost all of it on the DL for shoulder inflammation. That's not positive. Well, shoulders not your elbow. I, shoulders, shoulders not your elbow. Hard to know what to make of this year. He is he is twenty three. You know, this is a weird year. I would still be cautious with him, but I still like Soroka the most of this group. Yeah. Wow, his four seamer and his sinker are about the same speed. Right. I mean, he's he's relying on movement, and I I think I like that. More so than, yes, I mean, his four-seamer is not elite. <laughs> no. It's, his slider is his no, but put-away he looks He looks the same as, he looks the same as, um, as Hendricks, right? In the, in the percentile Somewhat. rankings. Low whiff. He's doing very well on barrels. He is l- fine on hard hit. He's fine on exit velocity. But what do we, then, all right. So long term, is he going to be? Is he going to be the only guy? No. Maybe he is. The maybe that's the thing that we're actually trying to caution people here is that Mike Soroka, do not draft him earlier than he's not your upside pitcher. No, no, exactly, exactly. Mike Soroka is not your upside pitcher. He might have a Kyle Hendricks year, like a a good Kyle Hendricks year mixed in somewhere, but is that an elite year? <laughs> No, yeah. I do think. I th- do think that he's if if for some reason he's falling, he's a good guy to to grab, because the thing is his floor is probably a little bit higher. Well, of the certainly of the four. So, <laughs> okay, so draft order pretty clearly. Soroka, Hendricks, Davies, Arietta. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, just the other thing, looking towards the future, just want to know, think about what we want to look for for each pitch. Just want to do some more brainstorming. This is a really good deep dive on sinkers. We probably don't want to spend two weeks on every single pitch. (laughs) So, you know, trying to come up with, like, what's interesting? What made this discussion so interesting? How do we put it together? How can we make a model to run this? We spent, like, a month on it, but... (laughs) Sure, I was being generous to us, but yeah. (laughs) I know, and we should probably have switched that into the. Well, let's let's look over at the four seamer. Let's look okay. at the four seamer, the, the flip side of the coin, two, two versus four seams. All right, let's do that. That sounds good. Good plan going forward. All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Sergio Romo. I know that you were nonplussed to talk about him, and he technically has been cut from the Twins, but I th- I still think it's worth talking about. Even though stats for the year, he appeared in 24 games, notched five saves, which is fine for this year. 
4.05 ERA, 1.15 whip, 23 strikeouts in 20 innings, and uh, oh, seven, seven walks in those 20 innings. So that's not the worst ratio. I would say as a Twins fan that <laughs> it felt even worse than this stat line looks. <laughs> <laughs> because Sergio Romo, the one... I think pitchers who don't have like a really don't pitch that really great inning ever um, kind of kind of makes you remember the bad ones more. If it's like most of his innings are like two guys get on and <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, it's all you're always in it. You never the other team is always in it. You, you don't really feel confident in him. I am amazed that he is still, is this 80, no, 60% of his pitches are sliders. But the thing, the thing about this is that if you, if you're, if you're on a StatCast page again, his percentile rankings in the MLB in 2020 are, they're all above average. (laughs) Pretty decent. Yeah. Well, this is. So why does it feel so bad? (laughs) Why does it feel so bad? I mean, this gets to your like. It feels so bad, and he the, got cut immediately after the season, or they didn't pick up. They didn't pick up the option, but he's got to pitch somewhere next year, right? Oh, of course. Oh, he's gonna get picked picked up. He's got to be. I mean, somebody's got to own him next year. Somebody's got to probably sign him on the cheap. He could. He could get another ten, twelve saves next year, right? I I don't think ten, twelve. I think that five to ten range is definitely right there for him. He got 17 in 2019. So it's not like... But I think this is the kind of guy that is going to be like, he's going to get more money for a team that's bad. And he's going to have bad stats. He's going to get less money for a team that's good and have good stats, and except for his save number. So what does he care about? Uh, like that, more money? I mean, who do we talk about? <laughs> he's 37. He's going to care about money. That's it. I mean, you know where I would like to see him. Would be in like the Dodgers bullpen, yeah. With like he's one of like a stable of guys. He's more reliable than a lot of the other players that they had in that in that bullpen. He's reliable to do a certain thing. He gets a couple guys out instead of it being like he is the eighth inning or ninth inning guy, which he's not the prototypical closer, right? No, no, I I don't think so. I mean, I think. I think that I could see a team getting him to be a fireman. <laughs> yeah, sure. And like, this dude doesn't really care about his stats. You know, he's just trying to collect his check. <laughs> he's fine. But when he gets signed by the Mets oh, for like twice as much money as the um, the Dodgers would pay him. Okay, so Sergio Romo is a all hold all calls I, until we know where he lands. <laughs> I do not want. Sergio Romo on my fantasy team next year, and even once, even when he shows that he's like really great in <laughs> April and May, I, I'm not gonna want him. I would get him if he, I would take him if he looked to be the one slash two option on a team that would get saves. I'll just say it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll be in. All right, who should we review next week? I think it's time for Roberto Osuna. All right. 
Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.